everybody. It's time to roll for intent with the creator's corner. We are back and it doesn't feel like we've been in here for a little while. The room's a little dusty. There's there's spider webs everywhere. What's what's been going on lately, Trevor? Uh, everything that's not this. We had the treasure vault stuff and we were able to like do a big blast of them recorded it once and well we then i feel your day job trying to kill you so <laughs> they are they are it's it's happening we do what we must I, I can't help but notice our visitor sack is wiggling who who did you round up who'd you train so i took a lovely trip <laughs> up to the northeast and, and bagged me a podcaster nice it's real easy when you're already one you know they're all the the things that they do, you can find them in the dark, hovered over a computer late at night, editing things. It's oh really yeah, you just have to them. like put on a smile and talk really nice about their show, and they'll they'll get into your Perfect. car and yep. take your candy and everything. It's awesome. Um, I was able to grab Jason, the showrunner, and the pretty much forever GM for Called Shots Entertainment. They got a bunch of two E content. Uh, if you take a look at their feed, you can get everything from a plague stone run to tyrant's grasp to some, uh, society stuff and a little of everything in between. So let me, let me get this tape off his mouth and, uh, I'll let him tell you himself. <sighs> is it supposed to smell like tears in there or is that me? No, I, it's common. Everybody says that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm Jason and as mentioned, I am head of and pretty much forever GM for Call Shots Entertainment. We've got a number of current shows and some old stuff on our feed as well that have, I don't want to say gone by the wayside, but they're finished for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, I figured we'd stop by and have a chat. Nice. We've been trying uh, to set this up for a while, too. We just haven't been able to make our schedules align. I think we first started talking about doing this back in, like, October or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, time, that time of year, too, though. End of the year, holidays, all that kind of stuff. Oh, man, yeah. It's nuts. Oh, yeah. We got flooded right out the gate with people wanting to wanting to hop on. So it's good to start clearing everyone out. So, Jason, um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the the different shows and cast members and things like that for people that aren't aware of what it is you guys do? Uh, we always love to have people on here, and hopefully you guys can get some new listeners and people interested. So that would you, be nice. you yeah. do that. Get them interested. Go. <laughs> dance. Dance. <laughs> Around November, we actually, actually, I think end of October-ish, we started a our newest show, Tyrant But Deadly, which is a 2E conversion of the wanted first edition uh, Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path by Paizo. And that is still going currently strong as of today. 17 episodes have been released. And now obviously, you know, so as you guys are... I'm sure aware with your own stuff. You've got the stuff that you get in the book and then any GM will throw all their own stuff in there as well. Just to, just to give it their own, their own feel. Yeah. I think our own abomination faults podcast is probably about 30% stuff I've written at this point, not in the book. So yeah, totally. That's why we're not out of the first book and we're 80 something episodes into recording. (laughs) Well, to be fair, you know, that, 
That almost has to happen because if you're running a podcast, you're doing that for the entertainment of your audience, which means your players need to be invested in their characters, which means they're going to have their own ideas and their own goals and all of that stuff that isn't part of the adventure. But you also don't just want to, you know, sponge that away. You you need to let the characters be characters. So, you know, it's only natural that as the show continues to progress, you're going to get more and more content that is outside that that box of the actual published adventure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are with that particular adventure, but I wrote like an entire opening scene that takes place right before what actually like the actual starting part of that just to just like, you know, get right off the bat. Just, hey, this is this is ours. This is new. This is what we're doing type deal. Right, because the opening of Tyrant's Grasp is pretty jarring, because like when you open it, spoilers everyone for a seven-year-old adventure path, or what, no, it's like four, you're dead, yeah, yeah. everyone's dead, yeah. you're just dead, you're dead, you're all a bunch of dead people in the boneyard, that's how it starts, um, and, and I think that Abomination Vaults has a similarly jarring entrance, like when you start it, it just says, everyone starts at the front door, no, you can't, that's dumb, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, like ours started with the, like one of the characters was going to be, or or one of the players wanted their character to be a Duskwalker. So I figured out a way to make that kind of fit in. And boy, does he have some surprises down the line for him. It's so fun. (laughs) Absolutely awesome. Um, We had a Duskwalker, but we killed him. Yeah, <laughs> he he was killed, wasn't he? So you've got another show that I really dig, like the Tyrant's Grasp stuff is great. But the thing I really, really like is your Menace to Society stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about what that is. I think that's your longest running string of, I don't know that I want to call it a show because it's the same feed, right? But I guess it is a show within your feed. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. So people can get an understanding of what it is, because I wasn't super clear on it until I started listening what it was. And when I got to listening, I really dug the concept. All right. So Menaces to Society, it was it kind of started because, uh, bef- as you mentioned, we were running Plague Stone before. That was the first show that we ran. Uh, a little bit of spoiler here to Plague Stone. Oddly, even though it was recorded first, ties directly into Tyrant's Grasp or Tyrant but Dead later on. But we can talk about that later a little bit. Um, as that was going, we were planning on running our next show because obviously that was a level one through four thing. It wasn't going to last forever. And we, uh, let's just say our gaming group is very similar to your gaming group with their shenanigans. Because uh, I've listened the to your shows. Love it. Um, Thank you much. And instead of, I don't want to say trying to fight it, because I usually try to roll with it as I can. I, instead of just kind of rolling with it, I wanted to dive into it head first. So we figured, what way can we do this? Because we had some of the, some of the cast from uh, Plague Stone was moving out of the area and leaving. And we we're looking to do something where maybe by chance, I didn't always have to run. I could play a little bit. So the concept behind Menaces was a rotating cast of players, characters, and GMs on rare, 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 rare occasions. And we are going to take the 
uh, Pathfinder Society Adventures, all from second edition, the Society Adventures, the Society Quests, and even the Bounties. Because, you know, they're little short one-hour things, basically, they're set up for. But they each had their own little things, and it just kind of fit with the way that this group was. So we got into that, started planning that out before before the big COVID hit. And eventually, when we got to it, you know, we just kind of dove in. And we just earlier this month released episode 27. That was a monthly release show. Uh, episode 27 of it, which is the season one finale. I really dig the idea of that because so much of the lore in Pathfinder is tied up in society scenarios. Mm-hmm. And if you're not playing the society scenarios, there's a lot of really cool, tiny lore bits that you're not going to really be aware of. Like, yes, there's a ton of stuff in Adventure Paths. There's a ton of stuff in the settings books. But it really all ties together when you're going through these adventure paths and you're meeting the Pathfinders themselves and hearing the stories about the various factions within the Pathfinders and, and the leaders and all those little things that tie the lore together are so cool. And I really don't know that there's another show out there that's doing that. And I understand why, because it's hard to kind of make a narrative glue within all of them, which you've really masterfully sidestepped by having rotating cast of not only players but characters you know it's these are your guildies for the week right super cool i like it i love the concept i think it's really fun that uh that glue is actually the reason that we have the uh season break now as well because you know we were going strong for a while there different characters i had to you know had to um they did some stuff shenanigan wise that may have uh made them wanted in certain areas by chance. So they had to ease out. So that was another reason to switch out some characters and all that. But I've been working basically since the beginning to try to make a, an overarching meta for the characters involved as, you know, who are the menaces, so to speak. And it's recently come to a head and I can't really just pick up with another society scenario or adventure and just roll because of the way the finale ended. And I mean, it's sort of technically my fault for lean it there also. And the finale is more of a entire homebrew that I wrote and tied to one of the other things that they had done. We kind of revisited an area that they'd been in the past. And I kind of brought a whole bunch of threads together in this one episode and started off on a new thread to follow off. But at the same time, it's, it's like, think now, obviously we're not anywhere on the level, but think, where do you go from end game to just following, you know, one little new story where someone's saving, uh, you know, one little town from something. So I got to try to figure out how to mash all that up now. It's always fun just in a home game, right? As a GM writing yourself into a corner and then just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. It's so much harder doing that when you're trying to like make it entertaining as well and not just fun for your players. You know, you got to have some verisimilitude. It's got to make sense within your world. So I definitely sympathize. And I've run into that a couple times in our show where I just kind of say something off the cuff. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh no, why'd I do that? And then I have to bring it all back in in some complete homebrew nonsense. So I sympathize big time with having to 
step back, take a break, figure out what you're going to do next so uh, you can actually make sense of whatever unforced errors that we all end up doing in the in the course of running a game for people that make decisions that aren't part of your narrative. Yeah, so that's what I figured. The, it was never originally meant to be a seasonal type show. It was always just going to be, you know, just one after the other. But as I said, any any story, a lot of times will just take on a life of its own. And I've been keeping up so far, but it got to a point where it's like, all right, now I need to actually step back and do a little bit more planning to try to get this to work from here on out. What's going to help with that too, though, is uh, uh, Paizo announced that they're bringing the quest back, which was very helpful in terms of picking some of the episodes. So that's because those are shorter episodes a bit. So that uh, so that'll kind of help with the process, I think, a little bit too. Oh yeah, it's it's nice when they have the the small chunks. You can just slot them right in. So what was it that pulled all of you guys into this? So I know we were talking a little bit before you do most of your guys, you guys do most of your recordings uh, together. Uh, you're not mm-hmm. remotely. So uh, what, what got you all into this? What was the, what was the inspiration? What was the, the overwhelming desire? Clearly like all of us, you just thought to yourself, God, I have so much free time. What can, how can I get rid of that? Oh, I know I'll start a podcast. <laughs> Well, many of my players around the table are siblings. I'm the oldest of seven. So, (laughs) and a lot of us all, yeah, a lot of us enjoy the, you know, enjoy the game. So that helps. And a number of the others are friends that I've known for many years. We've been, we've been gaming for 30 years almost now. Oh God, I'm old. Uh, Um. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were looking, you know, we were playing and all that and then doing this kind of stuff. Like, like I went to school for uh, production and all that kind of stuff. And I always want to do something like that. And I figured, you know, podcast can combine two of my passions, Pathfinder and creating content like that. So basically got everyone together. It's like, hey, what do you guys think about doing this? And they're on board. And I actually I started listening to podcasts a while back to um I was in an episode of a show many years ago it was uh what was it Gamma World 4th edition Gamma World I don't know if you guys are familiar with that it was an old show they haven't been around in a long time now but you know that's when I really started listening to shows and then recently with the with a kickoff of like the actual play podcast and such again i started listening more and i'm like man this is something i would really love to do this just seems awesome so i wanted to dive in and give it a go uh do you do you divide up the responsibilities for your show amongst editing and production or do you tackle all oh, of that god, yourself? I wish. god i wish <laughs> The more I hear other people say that, the more I realize how well I have our guys trained at this point. (laughs) It started out in our early days with four of us sitting around a table with a single, a single snowball microphone. And obviously that is not the greatest content, but you won't find that anymore because I've pulled all that stuff down because a lot of it is, was basically timely. So it is no longer timely. So it is no longer needed. We eventually upgraded stuff, but 
I was the only one who really knew how to edit for the longest time. I think maybe toward the end of Plague Stone is when I had uh, Kevin had shown an interest in doing some editing. Uh, he plays um, Undry uh, and some other characters on Menaces. He plays uh, Rosvin in our Tyrant's Grasp show. Um, he picked up editing, so when we do something now, I'll get I'll get the files. I'll do a pre-edit to do sound fixing, level fixing after the after the fact. I'll give those files to him. He will go through, cut down all the all like the giant gaps in there or any any off-topic things. Obviously, like I mean, you guys know we have off you guys have off-topic conversation, little quips here and there in between. But if it's something that's like a long thing where we're talking about something that happened at work, that doesn't belong in a show. So right. he cuts all that stuff out, basically gets that edited down. Sometimes a two and a half hour recording or something, he'll get it edited down to an hour or 15 or something like that. And then I will go back at it for a final pass and do more of a content and tightening up edit at that point. But right now it's me and Kevin and that's, that's it for, for the editing and everything. And you, you guys release weekly too. So it's not like you are, you know, a month, a month, a month, like a, a lot of, um, like burgeoning actual plays started. It's like a monthly or a two week release, um, in order to kind of soften that sting. And I did it a stupid way and we just did weekly right off the bat. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We had started weekly with, um, with Plague Stone, and then that's when COVID like really hit hard and no one was allowed to go out and do anything with anybody else for months there. So we're like, well, crap, what are we going to do now? Um, at one point in there, I cut us down to a biweekly release instead of weekly because we had we had a buffer because with only one editor at the time, I needed that buffer in order to actually be able to get episodes out. So I had to extend the buffer and I think we had to record maybe three to five more episodes just to finish Plague Stone. But it took us six months before everyone was like, okay, you can kind of start seeing people again if there's only so many people around and you're vaccinated, all this other stuff. So we knocked those out and then we just basically went monthly for Menaces until we recently restarted with with Tyrant But Deadly. But I do remember us taking a major hit in our listenership when we dropped from weekly to biweekly and then monthly after that. We were we were on like this this high kick, like our numbers are just going up, going up, and then they just fell off, and that was kinda kinda very disappointing. Yeah, we we always struggle with trying to keep a runway. Like for a long time, I was like really draconian about we gotta keep nine episodes in the can at all times which has saved us a couple times, right? One of our cast members got in a severe motorcycle accident and we lost him for like a month and a half. So oh. that was in our first like month of the show being out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that runway is super important. And I know that feeling that like panic that you get as it starts to slip away because you miss a recording day or somebody's sick or one of the million reasons that life comes at you. And you lose that runway and you lose that security. And right now I'm, I'm, we're kind of struggling with the same thing right now because of some scheduling complaints. And this weekend I put in our discord, like, huh, this is the first time in a long time. I have no podcast related work to do. And I have no idea what to do with myself. 
because <laughs> I have nothing to do. It feels weird because I've been going 100% on this for months. And then I emailed you. <laughs> right, and then I got an email from you, so. <laughs> yeah, then he's going to play one of our West Marches game until his kids say, no, you're not. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your your process, right? So one of the things that we like to tell people when we're doing like third-party content or whatever we're doing is we want to demystify the process of creating content. We want people to see things like making a podcast or making a new ancestry or whatever you want to do in the space as less scary, right? Tell us a little bit about your process for, you know, how do you get your recordings together? How long does it take you to get an episode ready? Maybe any services you use, anything like that, anything that you found that you've learned that has made the process easier that you think would be useful to share with people. All right. Well, one thing I'm going to pop right up front because I think it's kind of seems like it would be obvious and it might show up later down the line because people think that, but it's way more important than you would think. Try to schedule some time for yourself away from it all. You really need to do that or you're going to burn yourself out. Stop. Don't tell me that. My, my, my therapist probably hears you right now. <laughs> yeah, I try to do at least a day where I can just relax, catch up on some shows, just basically just veg for a day. And then I feel bad about it, but I feel more relaxed and I can get into the process more. I'm not as distracted when I'm trying to edit something at that point. I can focus better when I do that. So it is a very important thing that I think needs to be forefront when for anyone who's looking to do anything, especially if you're on the showrunner slash editor slash producer uh, facet of it. But generally, um, right now we're meeting roughly every other week. Uh, unfortunately, we can only usually record like an episode in there. I would love to record more, but you know, people have other things to do. No one wants to be up that late all the time, so kind of do what we got to do. Um, we recently, well, I guess not recently now, wow, it's been, been a number of years now. We switched over to an audio interface, which was a big change from first starting, as I mentioned, on just a single Snowball microphone. And after that, we had a mixer, but we quickly realized that the problem with the mixer is that it just fed out to a single track, which can make things very difficult for editing. And you'll you'll be able to hear the difference in some of our older content versus some of the newer content that things just overlap. There's a lot of overtalk when it comes to a mixer versus an audio interface. The audio interface we currently have, we're able to get separate tracks for everything. We can edit all the tracks separately. So if some people are being jerks and talking in the background while someone's trying to tell a story bit, we can just cut their crap out of it. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, we'll sit down. We'll try to we'll get around the table, do our soundtracks, try to have some some chat beforehand to get to try to limit some of that during the game because you know, people want to chat with each other. I mean, I don't know why they don't chat during the week a lot of the time, but hey, you know, it's, you know they do what they do. So we do that. We get our recording down. Um, we try to keep the actual recording sessions at least for Tyrant but deadly cuz we're trying to keep that a, a bit more a bit more uniform than some of the menaces episodes cuz those are all over the place so we try to keep recording time from like 90 minutes to 150 minutes somewhere in there 
I kind of try to keep a mental image in my head of any kind of rules discussion slash argument we have or any kind of downtime where someone's looking up a rule to try to it's like, okay, we're at 90 minutes, but we had like a 20 minute conversation between these things. So maybe push it out a little bit. It's a lot of mental math work while we're going. Then we get that set up, finish that up sometime in the future. You know, it'd be, I'd love to say later that night, but that's never the case. A lot of times, much time goes by before I go through, do my, my first, my first pass, get it to Kevin. Kevin usually has it to me within a week. And then I pop in for my last bit and get it done and get it posted. About how many man hours do you think it takes to do an episode? Like once you have the recording in the can, your production, your post-production, about how long do you think it takes per episode? Uh, let's see. The The pre-edit I do can take maybe an hour, depending on how sound fix I have, to, how much sound fixing I have to do. Uh, Kevin, I'm not sure how much he his part takes, but we'll say probably he's gotten them to me in a single night before, but I know he's done nothing except go home from work maybe cook dinner and then edit until he fell asleep. So we'll add maybe six hours on his time. And then after my time, just to get it ready to go out the door, anywhere from another four to eight hours, usually if things are lucky or not lucky. Okay. So roughly, you know, 12 to 14 hours, give or take. Yeah. Something like that. 16 on a high end, we'll say maybe. And that's, that's what I found to be roughly average um there's a lot of like things that you'll learn about your show and your own people that'll help you speed that up the longer you do it but that's generally the the same sort of numbers that i give to everybody and like when you first start out i bet you'll probably speak to this when you first started out you spent a lot more time per episode you know trying to get it right until you learned exactly the cadence of all of the personalities of your show and the way that you wanted it to flow and got your tool chains in order is that accurate yeah, like I'd say now I'm counting the audio interface separate because with the single track, that's a whole different beast trying to edit just a single track down. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, that's technically shorter because you don't have to play with a bunch of different tracks. But at the same time, you're pulling your hair out more a lot of times because you're trying to get someone saying something important versus someone chomping on Pringles or something in the background. It's like, <laughs> come on, what are you doing? Um, no eating during the podcast. <laughs> no eating during the podcast. That's my number uh, one. I know, one. but no one yeah. wants to listen. I shouldn't say no one. Some people don't want to listen. But I'd say when I started with the audio interface, an hour of podcast time would roughly equate to three to four hours of work to edit that hour. I think I've got it down to about two and a half hours or so now. And a lot of that could just be because I'm very particular about what I want to do. And some I know like some people would leave a a second long gap in speech in there or something like that. But I'm like, it could be 0.75 seconds of still sound. All right. So I'll sit there and play around with just like the little minutia stuff. So I think if I didn't get that in deep, I could probably get it down to a bit quicker than that. On the less technical side, how do you deal with or plan to deal with i actually don't know if you've had any 
uh, character deaths in any of your shows yet. But, you know, I, I always feel that that can sometimes be the the bane of the podcaster because of course you you need the show to be real you don't want to oh we're not going to kill anyone and at the same time you're like how am i going to introduce a new character organically and some adventures make that very simple other adventures are like okay well you go into this room and oh look there's a new hero so in terms of something like Tyrant's Grasp, where, as mentioned earlier, everyone kind of starts off dead and you really you learn pretty quick. You're the only ones left. Um, that's something that I definitely had to try to plan around. Haven't really come up with uh, a necessary thing yet, but I kind of took some inspiration from, I think, it's the Gods and Magic book of the boons and such that are granted by deities and took one of those and have. Uh, have built in a method where if someone's character dies, they have, they basically kind of regenerate, but they're, I built in a check. So it's possible that they don't get to regenerate. Like if they're there, they regenerate once and they get the doomed condition. If they die again with the doomed condition, they'll have to make a save. And if they can't make the save, then they're going to be permanently gone. We haven't had to deal with that yet, and I'm trying to find a way to, if it does come up, find how to bring in a new character, especially because of the way that the story is written. They're kind of tied to a specific thing, so I might have to, well, I'll definitely have to go outside the box a little bit for it, kind of trap myself there, too, with some of the special story stuff I've written, and this ties back into Plague Stone. There's a character in Plague Stone, uh, Organa. Plaguestone happens three months or so after Tyrant Scrass finishes. The player of Organa Clay, he wanted to play Organa again, but to full level 20. So I had to figure out a way to make that happen. So I'm in the process of keeping that. That's one little thing there, but we'll say no one else really has the uh, protection. <laughs> level that Orgata has. So I got to figure out what to do there. Give it the Dallas treatment at the end. It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Who shot Organa? Nobody. It was a dream. <laughs> Could do. I had something but and I yeah, lost it. Yeah, that's pretty much there. Menaces <laughs> is Menaces is easy because it's just it's a rotating cast of characters. So if someone dies, spoilers, maybe if he someone dies. Has, he dies. Exactly. <laughs> they just roll up a new character, come back, and good to go. Now, I mean, obviously, there's still going to be some, you know, sadness perhaps in there because, you know, they like the character. But it's a lot easier to to handle in that situation because the show's basically built for it. Right. You can go with essentially PFS rules. If somebody dies on a mission, they're, they're dead. Character's gone. Done. Pay for a regeneration if you got a cleric around that can do it. But otherwise, bye-bye. Mm -hmm. So what is going to happen with Cold Shots Entertainment in the next six months? What do you have planned? Anything fun? Anything big? Any new shows? Uh, right now, we're not looking at doing any new shows because I can't handle that. <laughs> those are rookie um, numbers. You got to pump those up. You need like four or five. <laughs> Uh, I've got to spend that time in there 
figuring out how to bring menaces back. So I'm going to have to spend a lot of time doing that. And in that time, we're going to continue trucking on with Tyrant but Deadly. And we do have a post show for Tyrant but Deadly also, but that's that's easy peasy. We just sit around and talk for a little bit. They don't have to really worry about anything there. Um, but I don't really have any plans outside of that in terms of anything there. I mean, we're looking to, well, we have done some, uh, Paizo, uh, product reviews. Also, we have a few more of those in the can that need to get finalized and edited so we can get those up. But aside from that, that's really what we got going on right now. Well, Jason, I, I think that about takes care of all the time we had for today. It was a pleasure having you on the show and talking shop with another podcaster that can feel our pain. And for all of you listeners out there, Treasure Vaults came out today. Go buy that. Go get the PDF. What are you doing? Just after the news <laughs> over, log get on it. now. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. It's a must. It's not optional. Well, thanks for having me and I uh, appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you so much for coming out. It was a pleasure to finally get to get on a call with you and do this recording because we've been trying to do it for months. Absolutely. Well, as I said, very nice to meet you, Jason. You as well. And that is going to wrap us up for the week. Uh, I'm Christian. And I'm Trevor. And as as usual, you all have a great week. Bye, y'all.